This is a trigger warning from the legal department. Just reminding you that this shit is pretty heavy. And that's okay. Take a deep breath. Don't forget to hydrate. Wash your fucking hands. Relationships come in many forms. And frankly, the more I think about it, it's very clear that relationships, the word, the term, is one of those fuzzy words that means different things to different people. And it seems fitting since the last podcast conversation was with a prospect, Chief Chris. I was a seller and he was a buyer. This conversation originated in the opposite fashion. Davidson Hang was the seller and I was the prospect. And this relationship started was probably January of 2020. And Davidson was an AE over at LinkedIn Learning. And I was the head of sales enablement at Remesh. And I guess the rest is history, as they say. Anyway, this is a pretty excellent conversation in my opinion because one, it's fun and funny and I I just love when you can feel and taste the connection between people and and I think that this is one of those conversations. Plus, when I think about all the spin-off events that have occurred since Davidson entered my my universe or multiverse as someone that just (laughs) watched the second Loki episode yesterday, like the spin-off events that occurred because of Davidson are just... It's still kind of mind-boggling. But anyway, Davidson is exceptional. He was a top performer at LinkedIn Learning. He was constantly being called into adjacent teams to teach and train, top of the leaders' boards. He was the first AE that I ever observed to have started a podcast, again, at that January of 2020 mark. So there was that. Oh, my goodness gracious, He, he wrote a book on masculinity. I mean, there's just so many, so many things. And this human is about as exceptional as they come. And we we start by talking about podcasting, actually, and, and how hard the learning curve is and can be, but also how important this skill is going to be for sellers moving into the future. And something that, that you know, and a, a realization that Davidson actually, uh, he beat me to. Not that it's a race or anything. But anyway, so we talk podcasting, we talk coaching, we go deep into coaching and the connections that we have with a program that Davidson went through. And the performance coach that I ended up working with based on a podcast episode that, or maybe it was an article, I don't know, that Davidson had written about. But anyway, we talk about the current state of sales. We talk about race and gender and the importance of leadership, modeling, participation in some of the resource or, you know, allyship programs. Um, Even at, at LinkedIn, we talk about selling. We talk about Davidson's decision to leave LinkedIn Learning and move to the coaching hub. We talk about hell. We talk about making an impact. And actually, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to let this play here so that you guys can all hear for yourselves. This beautiful, strong, masculine Asian man that is Davidson Hang. Real quick, we're going to play a new game here at the Revenue Real Hotline and open up the voicemail absolutely no rules about you know name location none of that shit if you'd like to stay anonymous stay damn anonymous if you'd like to share you know who you are and how to reach you definitely have at it i'd be very interested to hear what you guys have to say and i'm sure everyone else would as well so again that number is 646-470-0248 if anybody has any thoughts observations questions comments whatever give us a ring all are welcome judgment-free zone and pulling pulling in these recordings on the show so just so you know that this is going to be opened up to everybody and with that davidson hang
All right, here we go. Woo, David Hang, welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is happening. And I haven't been counting down the days for more than, I think it's been a week where I was actually like really into it. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, You're, you you always know how to like light people up and lift people up. I appreciate that, Amy. And yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Well, thanks, Davidson. You know, it was funny. So I was prepping for this conversation. And so like, let's let's be serious about the relative nature of the word prepping. Okay, so we're just right off the bat. <laughs> um, and like thinking about all the different aspects of uncomfortable conversations and sales and our history and mm. all the things that we... I mean, Davidson, all the things, even like pre-Laura and, and it, Oh yeah. it's, and then I think about like how much time or how little time, I guess you could say, you know how you just, you meet some people and they come across or they, they enter your world or cross paths. And it's just, anyway, I, I, I'm not doing a good job, like articulating it, but I, I guess it just, uh, the, the cliff notes version is, sir, that I think, I think you're one of those people for me. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, isn't that nice? I, you know, I'm, I'm, that's such a natural uh, trait, being sweet and kind. And... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so Davidson, welcome, welcome, welcome. Have you listened to any of the episodes? Do you know what you've gotten yourself involved in? I just saw that all of my favorite people are, are on your, so I was like, oh, my God, we, we have to connect. It's like, you're, you're plugged in. I mean, it's funny because we're all, we're both a part of so many different communities. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I feel like I'm like, okay, it makes sense. But it's just weird because when you see someone that's in a different community, like collaborating, you're like, oh, okay, that kind of, that kind of makes sense. But it's just interesting how the world like intertwines, you know? Isn't it funny? It's well, it's well, one, the world is smaller than we give it credit for most of the time. But now I'm curious, like which one of, which one of the guests or, or conversations, like who's coming to mind that, that you say that? Because I can think of a couple of overlapping, like Mercy and the coaching Oh and yeah! Oh my God! It, I'm guessing Laura connected you. No, Andy wow. Paul. Wow, small world. Because that's how we know each other. Because Mercy, Laura, and I graduated from Accomplishment Coaching. You were in the same graduating class. No, so Mercy was my mentor coach actually. So she was the person that was helping run the program, and then Laura did Chicago. So she wasn't even part of, like, she was in a different state, but she was in the same leadership group. Dude, As- like my mind, my mind is breaking right now. Like what, <laughs> what? I thought it was just like, you noticed that you all went to the same instant, like the same, you went through the same program. Not that the world's overlapped. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. So Davidson, why don't we start with that? Like what? Um. Well, so let's assume at the beginning of the episode, I do a little blurb about everybody. So we'll get into, you know, <laughs> let, just assume you've been introduced. Um. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I'm curious about where you would like to, where your thoughts are on, on where to start the conversation and what, which of the, the variety of aspects of uncomfortable conversations that we could talk about, but I'm leaning towards like our backstory, just to give our, the listeners Mm. a little bit of context. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, that's kind of hilarious, actually, now that you, now that you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> what, that we didn't start there or that just the backstory in general? No, it's just funny how like you meet people and you don't think that you'll be, become close to random people you reach out to on a pros- like a random prospecting call. But that's what life is. Just Isn't that funny? Okay, like listeners, that. Davidson yeah. was working at, he was at LinkedIn. You were LinkedIn learning still, right? Yeah. And yeah. you reached out in the context of Remesh which was oh, but yeah. the last place where I was the head of sales enablement. And then the rest is history. Like I, I like <laughs> when I think about all the iterations of what involved that involved. Um, okay. So Davidson, what do you remember about, let's say the first couple interactions that we had together? Well, I, I definitely noticed you being like pretty free and you're, you're, I mean, you're still thoughtful. Like you're always going to be thoughtful. That's like your, your biggest strength. Right. But I, I definitely think I, m- I remember you being like measured, like you're very like your attention to detail and your ability to uh, like do research and just like really try to get someone's world. Um, I think one of my friends, Edwin, one of my best friend, Edwin's like that, where he's just he's so thoughtful, but sometimes like being too thoughtful can be 
paralyzing. Yeah, it's a handicap. It was funny. I literally wrote that down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's a strength, but it is also, it's funny how your your strengths are also your handicaps. Okay, so here's what I remember. I remember you reached out in the context of a sales motion, but I had just... I think I was had just gotten back from Senegal, so I had just left, hadn't even made any changes. But then I saw that you had a podcast and yeah. I saw which topics that you were talking about. And I think Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but so just like blown away. I don't think I had met many ICs at that point that were projecting a, a voice like uh, on that level yet so you were one of the first and then I got into listening mm-hmm. to them and reading your posts consistently um and that's how I found Laura yeah who then taught me how to trust among other things oh and then so you're still at LinkedIn, still at LinkedIn. And by the way, listeners, I I, I think that magical things happen um, at LinkedIn. Obviously, nowhere is perfect, but for whatever yeah. reason, I I just there tends to be above average or outlier everything when it comes to LinkedIn's go to market scene. And mm-hmm. so I'm always Davidson. And then of course you were representing learning things, which is you know my you were speaking to my heart. Um, but I'm always like I'm I'm like I'm I'm interested in like getting connected or or having conversations with LinkedIn humans because I learn new things all the time. Um, but mm. anyway, yeah, like my goodness gracious, and now to see all the stuff that you're doing. But with that, I'm going to pause. Like, ha- did you give any thought to what we could or should talk about together this time around? Well, I I think. I would be curious, like what you're, what you've gotten out of podcasting, because I, I just think it's a phenomenal um, tool to help you just really connect with folks and just build relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know me. I, I don't. I try to not think too much. <laughs> which <laughs> All is right. well, here. Uh, so I love that you said that about podcasting because that has absolutely been something on my mind. So we're definitely going to start there. Just so you know, here's what I wrote down. Okay. I wrote down the coaching hub, which is the new place where you're at, which yeah. looks awesome, by the way. I wrote down masculinity book. Did I hear that in one of your did you write it or or co-author it? Yeah, yeah. So I was. Wait, hold the- on. Before you finish, okay. Just making sure I couldn't find the website, but you wrote a fucking book. Okay, good. Well, ch- <laughs> there's on. That's on the list. I obviously the stuff with Laura and Mercy and that institute. I'm very yeah. interested in. I um. All the stuff with race, and oh. you know, and obviously the 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 masculinity. I think is a broader topic, but uh, if you want to go there. Right. I read that. And then there was one other thing which I didn't write down, but I kept the article open. Oh, two of them that I that you did. Oh my gosh. Many um, it's the one that you posted about the headline. Many frustrated teachers say it's not burnout, it's demoralization. Like Yahtzee on that one. And then you you mentioned something about a communication course that access to power and power to create. Yeah. So those are all the things that I wrote down. Wow. Yeah. You're you're such you have a gift for really you know because I, I i think there was a time where i think i i used to prepare like too much you know mm-hmm. but it really just showed that like you give like you give her a shit right where are you allowed to curse or? yeah yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay um yeah and and i think that's probably what's missing in today and i'm guilty of it as well right being a sales professional sometimes like i i'm so busy that you know, like, I, I don't, I can't be as thoughtful as you are right now, you know? Um, oh, I, like, hello, flag on the play. And remember when I started by saying like air quotes on like what, it's all relative. It's so yeah, funny yeah. that you say that about unlearning. I think it, I can't remember if it's the one that was published or the one that goes live tomorrow with Chief Chris. Um, But I said the exact thing about unlearning how to overprepare because it then creates whatever, but it's you. And I had to, like, honestly, Davidson, like I had to write them down because there were so, you had so many things going on and I was just like, (laughs) and then I couldn't find like a landing page for the book to like kind of confirm. So all this happened in like 10 minutes. So let's be serious about that. But I couldn't, and then I was like, I wasn't sure if you wrote the book. Book, but I like I, I I anyway 
Okay. So just know all of those things are coming, but yeah, this was a, this was an eight minute exercise and I couldn't, I had to write them down because you had so many damn things going on. I did not want to, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to miss any. Okay. Okay. So podcasting. All right. Well, you know, here we go. You were one of the main reasons that I even went down this path. The second was after the mental health article and and being on the Andy Paul show, like and, and finishing that call, which was the first time I was interviewed, first time being on a podcast. I just knew instantly that this was going to be a critical skill set for sellers moving forward. I mean, critical, non-negotiable. And so I realized, like, how the hell am I supposed to empower or enable anyone with something that I myself do not know how to do? Mm. Now marry that with two things. One, uh, it's been a very long time, long time since I've taken on a learning curve as steep and as unforgiving as podcasting or really any kind of production, whatever. And so like, I'm laughing, but it's like, I, to go, I think it took me, I mean, to listen to yourself when you're just getting started, like, you know how fucking painful that is? Like I, it it legit took me four months to listen to the Andy Paul, um, episode when it first went out. And then the first one, there's, there's a second one now, but then even when I, I think I recorded my first revenue reel episode in January, uh, they didn't, I didn't go live until like the last week in April, first week in May. Yeah. And it was because I listened to one of the early ones and it was so <laughs> awful that Davidson, I couldn't even go back and listen to the rest of them. And Dude, so, oh my God. and then to go and like, don't know, that doesn't even include it or edit, editing, right. Mm. Or editing software, which I, you know, we could talk about it. It does not include learning how to, I don't want to say interview because I don't do interviews around here. We have conversations, but learning how to do that. Um, and then there's a bunch more. And then the second Mm. piece of this learning curve that is like, it's, it's getting challenging to wake up in the morning because it's like you get hit so hard in the face with every day. (sighs) I, the reason I chose this topic uncomfortable conversations is it's one big ass deep practice exercise for myself and to learn and to understand the nature of these conversations and so like even when I go back and record and listen or like and um you know listen again through the editing it is mind like you just hear different things that you missed the first mm-hmm. time you yeah. realize and it's just here I thought I was perfect, Davidson. This is really what I'm trying to say with this, that there was nothing else to possibly learn. And mm. <laughs> what about you? Like you got to this first, like, what was it? How did you know? And then, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to uh, shut up and listen for a while. By the way, all tangents, welcome, judgment-free zone, mistake-friendly zone. How about it, friend? Uh, yeah, no, everything you said, exactly. Any podcaster, I think, goes through those stages, the the trauma, grief stages. Uh, so the, so that's, that's exactly what happened with me. So mm-hmm. the first few episodes, I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then I re-listened to it. And I was like, I'm never podcasting <laughs> ever again. Like, I'm horrible. Like, I'm going to burn this and wipe it from the face of the internet. Like, never again. And then, and I still feel that way after re-listening to, like, even last week's episode, right? So it mm-hmm. honestly, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. And I could see it even being like more confronting for you because like for me, like I'm, I would say like I've gotten to a point where I, I wouldn't say, I didn't even, re- well, I'll take this back because I, I didn't see myself as a perfectionist, but I think any good salesperson is, right? Whether we admit it or not. But I saw myself as someone be- because I think people have been telling, because a lot other salespeople would be like Davidson, like, you need to probably spend more time with it. Like you kind of, sometimes you just roll into meetings, like you just wake up and you just go into your meetings, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. I thought that was my strength. But, but anyways, oh, that's, that's weird. You can hear that too, right? Oh yeah. No, it's totally cool. <laughs> I, I'm just, back. Oh, you know what listeners life is just lit shit happens and phones ring and puppies have to go to the bathroom or just start trying to work you for a treat. You yeah. know, who's counting. So keep, can continue, Davidson. No worries. You were talking about perfectionism um, and yeah. finding the balance between showing up in a real way and over yeah. preparing, I, I guess. 
I think, yeah, podcasting is just tough because you, like you said, you really like go deep and it, it hits like all aspects of your insecurities, right? Every filler word, every, I mean, everything comes up, like it's so raw and so vulnerable that it's, you can't hide, right? You can't BS on a podcast, especially if it's, you know, half an hour, an hour long, whatever long it is. But yeah, I, I just saw myself in a way that was not very empowering initially, but then mm. it was, it was interesting because all the external feedback was when I was like, Oh, actually, cause people like yourself would be like, wow, you're doing great work, especially cause you know, you're like, you said, you're an IC, you're not like an executive, but it's crazy how you like your commitment to this podcast thing is like inspiring. So I've had maybe over like a hundred different SDRs, like reach out to me and say like, wow, like that topic about mental health, like you're saying that topic about racism and, and, you know, what it was like growing up um, Asian and, and how society perceives like the lack of masculinity within Asian. So I've just had so many of these like moments where I'm just like, okay, like it's not even about me anymore. It's, it's, and I'm trying to impact and have change in the world. So I try to, but it's still hard. Every time you listen to it, you're like, Oh God, I wanted to, I missed something there. I should have went deeper there. You know, it's so uh, true. It's so hard. It's, and I unforgiving is a good way to describe it. I've never, I, David, it's an, I don't know if it's been a lot. It's just been a long time since I've, or if it's just that unforgiving, but holy shit, man, it, there's a, are you familiar with the competency quadrant? I'm sure we've spoken about this, right? The four phases of learning unconscious incompetence, right? Ignorance is bliss. And it is a beautiful spot to be chilling in, chillaxing <laughs> <Yep>. in, right? <laughs> you just don't even know what you don't know. And like, yeah. uh, whatever. And then phase two is conscious incompetence. Phase three, um, conscious competence. Phase four, unconscious competence. And phase two, conscious incompetence is fucking brutal. It's brutal. And it, but there's things that we can do to control for it. It's particularly the amount of time we spend hanging out there. Right. And I equate it to either like, you know, pulling off the bandaid one painful hair at a time. Right. So we can do, <laughs> we can that. make a hundred calls right for the first time over the course of a year, or yeah. we can do it in a week. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. and the, I've, I've always been a rip off the bandaid person, but I guess with the thing with podcasting, there's always something new that, yeah. and it's right in your face and it's record and it's be, it's like, and now you're going to release it publicly. Um, but, uh, and then also, oh my gosh, it's funny. The last episode I just did with Anya, we talk, it was her first, actually, I think Andrew so the last two episodes were with people that had never done podcasts before. One was as a B VP of customer success and, and sales, right, at Meltwater. So just went IPO wow. in the European markets. Uh, was a friend of mine from college, right? We lived together. So like longtime wow. friend, first podcast. He also went to the number one wow. spot um, like like that, fucking Andrew Herman. And then the other one was Anya, <laughs> who was our, she was she just launched a, a parent channel over in Rev Genius, which was one of the coolest like um, community initiatives that I had part. Anyway, Anya's first as well. And I actually say this at the end that it's been a lot of fun to kind of turn around and help yeah. those that are also looking at taking on the learning curve. I don't tell them about the entire learning curve all the way. Like, it's like, you think this was hard Wait until it's published and then you have to try to listen to it. And that'll take like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every single, you know every single about? person, every president's club winner, um, you know, like at LinkedIn, I've interviewed like all the award winners, right? Like the whatever LinkedIn awards they give out. And every single time I'm like, oh, what'd you think? And they're like, oh, man, I used so many filler words. And all. I'm like, what? Like I didn't. And it's funny because we only we mm -hmm. never like I didn't even notice. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're like, oh, my God, I sound so weird. And like, I hate my voice. And it's hilarious. And these are people that are you know, 200% of coded, 300%, you know, have traveled the world with all these different vacations and stuff and President's Club. And they're the ones that are always like the most critical of themselves, you know? Davidson, I keynoted a fucking conference. I like, I was, 
Um, I loved speaking, using the speaking circuit to open opportunities. That was my favorite. Like my opportunities, I would step off stage and they would come up to you and shake your hand and say, can I email you? I'm like, yes, you may. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, You know, and so, but I also, I loved it, right? I loved it. And yeah. when I was taught to, to sell, I was coached and advised to find, there's tons of ways to prospect, right? And that the goal is to find the three that work best for you and that you enjoy doing, right? Because it's a hard, it's a hard, hard ass part of the job, arguably. So speaking yeah. was one of those things. And podcasting is still like, like, no, I, I mean, just a whole different brand of like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, was, yeah. is this really happening? And do I have to do it again tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yep. But that's yep. where persistence comes from. How are your numbers? So I, um, and like proxies, like I'm curious about your success metrics as you, defined by you. Uh -huh. And it's funny. And I'll say this, right? I haven't said this anywhere, but so Colin Mitchell, who is, um, he's the guy that one of the co-founders of salescast.co. Do you know what? Have you, anyway, so they know a lot about sales podcasts and launching, whatever. I yeah. don't know shit about like, I have the numbers, but I don't know what they mean yet. Apparently, apparently, um, the shows are off the charts, which is cool because it's amazing what happens when the only thing that you're focused on is understanding who your target audience is and delivering something of high value. It's amazing how that happens. Mm -hmm. But what about you? Like, what, how have you been thinking about like the numbers side of things, if at all? Yeah, I think I used to care about it a lot more. Um, because I, I try to think of like, there's certain videos on YouTube that get a lot of listens, right? Like views. But then I try to think about like what quality podcast that I listen to that, you know, so I don't know. So I, I guess for me, um, I've noticed that the length of how long they listen to that for me determines like how successful that was. Um, so luckily, so when I post everything on YouTube, I'm fortunate. YouTube is really good about those metrics. So I, I love it when, you know, they've listened for at least half an hour, you know, on a 45 minute, that means like, okay, I kept them engaged for that long, which is great. Okay. So, so I, I always go by the length of if they, if they finished the episode or not, or, or, you know, most go around 30 to 40%, which is still good on, on, you know, a one hour podcast sometimes, you know, um, but yeah, but I do think most people check out around like the 15 to 20, 15 to 20 minutes mark at, on average. Okay. You know? That's so interesting. Right. I haven't, um, who do you use? Who did you go with for the hosting platform? So right now, uh, so I have two hosts. So I do one that's the one that you were on. So that's, I use Podomatic and then I have Podbean for the, for another one. That's more of like a journal, like, but that one I try to keep more private because it's like basically me just talking to my journal, like like talking to my diary. Okay, Marcus so, Aurelius. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so that one is not as, but, but but those, but because that's like a bit more vulnerable, like I do get a lot of feedback. So it's it's always like just people like yourself who like really like love me for some reason that really like always give com that always give feedback. They're like, oh my god, like. That's crazy that you spoke about like your father like that. Thank you. You know, so I think for, for now, for, I just measure it by how much, how many comments I get. Like if people reach out to me and they say something about it, which I don't know if it's the best metric, but for me, it makes me feel good. Cause I'm like, oh, okay. That was impactful. Cause at least one person said it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. It's funny. I'm reminded my, when I first started, I was thinking I was focused on the number of call-ins for the hotline, which is still the top top of mind and so that's a part of the show that's that's coming very very soon um cool. but also like i'm thinking about using like i'm trying to think about ways to make the conversation less asynchronous oh uh, okay and so i've got obviously i've got the the google voice line with the transcripts whatever i paid the extra 10 bucks to have it just be transcribed whatever um, however, I'm thinking about like after a conversation, like if somebody has any thoughts, being able to call into the voicemail and mm. just talk about their fine, like what they think and then playing those recordings. So that's something that I'm thinking about. Oh. Isn't that cool? 
Yeah, I think uh, Rich Roll's Rich Roll does something kind of. What are you What are you talking about? This is not a unique and original idea to me. <laughs> you know what, Davidson? You could take that rich and you know rich. <laughs> no, yours yours is a bit different. Actually, yours is a bit different. I'm curious how come you you don't use Clubhouse then? I feel like Clubhouse would be great for that. I uh, I. I have some issues with Apple when, when I was in college, whatever, I'm about to switch back to an iPhone. It's been over a decade. And so, yes, um, Clubhouse is a little bit of a sensitive subject right now. So we're uh, going to okay. just, we're just going to pivot. It's funny. A young woman <laughs> I worked with last year she, or this past year, Liz Gracie, she's like, um, she goes, can you explain to me now, like what your reasons are for not going with Apple? And I was like, I have none anymore. Like it's definitely switching. And you know, it's funny. Did you see the court case? in I think it was Texas and it had to do with Google's privacy like they there were so the judge ruled to keep the docket open right so public within the public purview and it was essentially all the emails and all the stuff that Google had done to make it impossible to turn off the location setting Wow. inside different apps right so it was that's like scathing up. but that's anyway this is all within the past two weeks and so once i saw like the transcripts and what all the stuff about google and the google shit i was like all right that's it that's it all right back to wow. back to apple so i gotta i gotta make that switch does clubhouse huh. even allow samsung's or anybody other than apple yet this is so funny i'm i'm a hypocrite too because i actually haven't used clubhouse yet <laughs> 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 it just sounded like a very clubhouse thing that oh you're doing. Gosh. So I was like, that kind of reminds me of it, but I actually have never used it. Oh my God, that's hysterical. That is, maybe that is really you, special. We'll start should, our own Samsung. We should do our own. I think we should do, let's just try it just to see what happens. But you we know? don't let you in. It was a thing. You had to have an iPhone for a while. <sighs> through till at least april then i stopped they kept saying it was like any day and then i was like screw it i'm not even waiting anymore i've oh. now i'm just gonna hate clubhouse forever and ever <laughs> um, i hope it's not one of those things i miss out on you know because it, it just seems like well i think it's died down before everyone was talking about it at one point but i don't know i haven't heard about it in a while actually mm. Yeah. Uh, there's so many fun things that i could take that <laughs> statement but i want to i want to go to okay so tell me um, I want what is this coaching hub and how did you make the decision to leave LinkedIn? Like that beautiful, wonderful, amazing place, like that where you were yeah. winning and at the top of I the know. leaders' boards and being asked all the time to speak and coach on different teams. I know. And like great. all the amazing like, please tell me how you made that decision. I'm sure it's something <sighs> that my our our listeners would be interested in hearing. And, and even a little bit of overview about the coaching hub, what I, it's yeah. all like matching or pass or something, whatever, but I'm curious. So please yeah. take it away. So, so, the, so it's HR tech. So, so the good thing is it's still working with the same folks, uh, talent development, people and people, leadership development. Um, so, uh, so the founder came from LinkedIn and all of our AEs, enterprise AEs come from LinkedIn. So it's basically LinkedIn 2.0. So I could <laughs> see it would be an uh, acquisition play, okay. honestly. Okay. Um, but yeah, 60 million in funding, 300 hiring a hundred, you know, typical, like super fast growing company about to get series C probably. All right. Let's pretend we're um, not in the tech space. Tell me about how <laughs> the tool helps okay. someone learn how to be a better coach to an individual. And I'm also particularly interested in, um, the nature of coaching teams, right. And how to yeah. avoid some of that, like toxic, um, competition, right. That comes with. You know, someone who doesn't know how to coach a team, like using dashboards aggressively and poorly. Um, and yeah. also like the nuance, like not all not all human beings are created equal. Not everybody needs or wants to be motivated in the same way. And so how does the platform mm. allow for um, that context, that variation? You know, because yeah. we are all special snowflakes, Davidson. Yeah, so, that, that, so that's exactly why I love this. So the product is that each employee, no matter what level you are in the organization, has access to a coach. To become a coach, uh, the coach has to have at least 500 coaching hours, graduated from an ICF certified program, like you know what Laura and Mercy and I did, so very rigorous, um, and have to have at least six years of people leader experience. So um, the cool thing is everything's confidential. So nothing that you say ever can come back to bite you. So that's like the whole, that's the whole purpose because sometimes it's easier to have an external person to kind of vent and kind of put everything out on the table and have them support you. So essentially it's just an employee benefit. Um, but the good thing. Oh, I get it. Like a better help type thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just for coaching. But I mean, as you know, everything's connected. So how sometimes. different are they? Or how different is, uh, you know, like a CPT therapist and like a good coach? Really? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very similar. Um, but, you know, in the business context, sometimes they don't like they put they don't like calling it that. But yeah, well, here, everyone, let me help you out. I paid I per hour, Laura, who Davidson connected me with a graduate of this program. She, I mean, I, I'm trying to get her to come on the show, Davidson, to talk about this because we, uh, yeah. we went deep into the front end. I remember asking you like, what's the, about the value? And you were like, uh, it was the most productive year of my entire life. Anyway, Laura was, I had a PhD therapist and a PhD psychiatrist and Laura was like put both of them put together. And so the value there, no, that's what I'm saying. It, it's, but at the same time, it was Laura that taught me how to trust again. And starting with like, even just email banter around like the terms of our relationship, um, she mm -hmm. called it out and was like, that's an excellent question, but like, I'm not going to, I'm going to withhold well, your, I can see very clearly that the first thing that we're going to have to work on is trust. And it just floored me in the, but anyway, so worth every penny. And so I guess the point of this is, is it really different, better, or like a, a good coach, but anyway, yeah, good question. So as someone who's gone to six therapists now and about to be seven, uh, more specifically, this one is more around couples stuff, mm -hmm. but, uh, and I've also had seven coaches, it, it, it's different, right? Like, I feel like my my therapist allows me to kind of just vent and say whatever I want and like no judgment, right? Mm -hmm. But the coach will be like, will hold me accountable. Like, that's bull. That's BS. Like, what are you going to like? What are you going to do? So this doesn't happen again. Right? Great point. Great point. So, great, 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 great point. Okay. Tell yeah. me about this book, please. And yes. can I give you one caveat before you go in? Um, uh -huh. So uh, there's a book writing cohort that that Andy Paul does and it starts in in July. I last year so this is the second cohort. I have after the mental health article then I took on like gender and sales and I literally there's like hundreds of pages written but it was literally me drive dive like nose diving back into my own trauma. Anyway, Mm. I'm both poor, poor Brooklyn National sales hacker was so kind of about like, so the article is there's probably 10 versions of it now, but I spent a lot of time with the toxic masculinity aspect of tech and tech sales, mm. including like over 40 interviews, right? Starting with lots of different humans, like, do we have a problem? Yes or no? If so, what is it? Right. Problem statement with gender mm -hmm. and text and te inside tech um with that knowledge both of i'm sh like I, I can't even i can't believe i've agreed to work on like a book in any context let alone like at, while still doing learning curves with the podcast like just mm -hmm. um but also you you shockingly or not so you're all you beat me to it what so i'm curious about the book from just the book writing perspective but also let me see yeah that i was the one yeah so and then also the topic though davidson like tell me about like how did you pick this and what did you find like tell us tell our listeners how you got to this topic and what you found out and what you're doing about it so exactly that right being in sales my whole life uh, so, I mean, I was in sales even before I graduated from college because, you know, I had to pay for college somehow. Um, but yeah, so that was it, right? Like everywhere I went, I was like, dude, there's these like your typical sales folks who are just like drinking their problems away, like broing. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Neither does Mercy either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, th there's just so many problems I see in that the male typical male and not only in tech sales i think sales everywhere right i just you know we're in tech sales so maybe we're just in it more presently but if anything i feel like tech sales is making has made a lot of progress compared to some of the other sales but uh, the reason why i wrote the book is uh just to give men an outlet to just share honestly so there's talks about suicide depression what it's like to be a first-time father. None, most of us didn't have a father around. Um, you know, we have biracial, bisexual, like a lot of different perspectives. One, he was a traveling uh, musician, photographer. Um, the the guy who did the program, who taught Laura, Mercy, and I, like, was also wrote a chapter. 
And so it's just cool to see the amalgam of all these different perspectives. And they're so different. Like none of us are similar in any way, but it, but it speaks perfectly about like, there isn't like a one type of man, like we all look so different, but I think the common theme is just being able to process and actually talk about some of these harder topics of mental health and depression and men just not being able to process it um, more intelligently. Like, you know, it looks like yelling or, you know, taking it out on like hitting each other or whatever it is. Right. And men leaving, escaping their problems, whatever it is, whether it's drugs or um, even being a workaholic. Right. So we, we just yes. explore yes. Yes. so yes. many yes. topics. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I really empathize for, for dudes as it relates to finding their way to, I don't want to say therapy, but just feelings in general, right? Just acknowledging that we do in fact have emotions because of obviously the society that we're raised in. Uh, it's easier for women. And but it's hard to be to look at like some of the trend lines on our progress as a society over the past 30 years, let's just say, and see that we haven't made any and look at, you know, the positions of leadership and what's not shifting. And I'll even take it a step further. I think it was the IMF. They have this, the economic participation index, right. It talks about how <laughs> we're 230 years away um, from having an equal and inclusive society by gender. And the United States, when you actually get into it, like that, that index, we're moving backwards. And so while wow. the conversations and even in tech, right? Like, and by the way, I don't think I ever shared who our target listener is. It's the experienced tech seller. So we're, you're in good company. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, uh, it was venture capital last year, right? So two years ago, 97% of venture capital went to mostly white men. Last year was 98, yeah. 98. Wow. So we went, we're going backwards. And now when I look at all the women that have exited the workforce um, last year, right? Harvard Business Review, calling it a crisis. Um, back to the numbers of, you know, I think it was like late 80s, early 90s. Wow. And it breaks my heart. And so I also... Like when you think of when we hear of the confidence gap, most people understand the confidence gap in the context of, you know, what what women are missing, right? Oh, if only we just built up their confidence. The confidence gap represents a gap in genders between when when men and women feel they're most or least confident. For men, it's when they're you're younger, right? They tend to feel like they could, you know, take on anything, do anything. This is all of it, right? And for women, a little bit more um reserved in, in reality, like, but, and too much. So, right. I don't think I can do that. So the confidence gap, definitely a thing in the early twenties, mm. but it's an S curve, right? So think about two S curves and mm -hmm. on the other side of it, that where women are most confident and guys are the least confident happens right at 37, 38. And when you think mm. about how that re relates to some of the leadership stats, demographic wise, right? 85% of sales leaders in the tech space are white men, mostly white men, 85%. Wow. And when you are in that space and maybe you're impacted by the numbers as it relates to the confidence gap, right? So at 37 mm. feel, so then I think about the actions of an insecure human as it relates to being in a position of power and how they, um, you know, treat the human beings around them when they're feeling that way. And so it's almost like the onus of responsibility for men to help one another is, <laughs> is really, uh, we've never needed it more than right now, Davidson. And yeah. if you look at the, again, the data and the actions that have happened thus far, Right. I came into this year thinking 2021 is the year right action. A lot of the stuff that we've been doing so far, it's not fucking working. It's not working. And and so obviously I look at you just you wrote a book about this. So you're obviously excluded from like all of the, <laughs> the things that I'm sharing about. But 
I think about the young women that I work with and I, here I've gone my whole career thinking, you know what, we're going to make it a little bit better for the next generation. And now to see it, it just, mm. and I know that guys listen to other guys, right? That's the best, that's the, the move. And so whenever I see men that are speaking out on this stuff to other men, with other men, for other men, um, I mean, I think it's important on lots of different fronts, including the allyship front, both on the race side as well as the gender and every other marginalized group um, that are being impacted by the the power structures, which, you know, maintain, uh, you know, white men. It, yeah, it's interesting. One of the privileges of working at LinkedIn was uh, I, I joined a lot of the women at LinkedIn events, mm -hmm. which like really opened up my eyes. And it's like a weird comparison, but I, I saw a lot of similarities to just being Asian, right? In, in, in ways I'm like, oh, okay. Like you feel like you're the only one, you know, at the, you know, when you're meeting with executives, you know, decision makers, stakeholders, like you feel like you're, yeah, there's a lot of assumptions being made or there's a lot of like, so it, it really opened my eyes. And I honestly, like, I, I didn't really think about it too much, you know, because I even I kind of was just reflecting. I was like, wow, most of my closest friends are still women, you know, and here I am, like I created my own men's group, you know, wrote a, you know, I'm doing a part two of this book. Like the, I'm in, I'm in the conversation a lot. And yet still most of my closest friends are women. And it just goes to show that, like, yeah, we, we do have a long way to go. And maybe because I feel like with women, we actually have like real conversations, you know, I feel like sometimes conversation with guys is like stupid. It's, it's, it's like, I'm like, are we really having this conversation? I, I just, not to say every guy's like that, right? All, a lot of the men that I met through the program that Laura and Mercy and I have gone through, you know, that's when we're finally having that conversation, but everywhere else it's, it's, it's stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, how much do you know about Mercy's Take Care? Have you seen any oh, of this yet? She put together like, oh my God. Yeah. She's that, that just happened. Right. Or no, that's happening. It's, it's happening right now. I, yeah. and you know what? I'm not even going to tell you, you got to listen to the, our episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will. Because we talk about obviously take care, but you, you said a bunch of things a couple of times that I want to hone in on it. The first is that we're more alike than different. Um, when specifically when you were speaking of race and gender, and that was something that I came to while writing that second article, um, that started off being a gender piece, but really like, you know, and then with all the stuff with George Floyd, I just, I couldn't, it's not just going to be about gender when we're still, you know, killing people, black people. And then obviously within the Asian community experiences this, Oh my God. I think about all the, um, containment camps and during world war II. Anyway. So it's, but then I, I think about my experience with mercy and Alyssa May Hart and the take care anthology of stories to really normalize the messy. And I here, I don't know anything about chronic illness. I don't know anything about grief, really true grief, but what it just, I'm reminded again and again and again is that we just by nature being human mm. have all yeah. had traumas have all had yeah um experienced these same things and and it's you know figuring out ways to bridge the divide and create these conversations is really important and hearing you say this though about still that it's easier to speak and have these conversations with women um, men, we need for you guys to be able to have more of these conversations together because men listen to other men. And you know what I'm reminded of, Davidson? Have you seen, um, oh God, so there are two guys that are from the military and they wrote a book. Um, I don't know. I, I, I got to think of it, but it, they, they do this, this work with men, they do workshops, they do facilitated conversations and it's men, it's men at work. And, um, I don't know, I don't even have a question here, but like, what do you, what do you think? Why do you think, 
not, I don't want to say why is, why do we have this problem, but what can we do about it? And, and I'm going to mm. even take it a step further with coaching hub, what you're described, what you, what I saw and mm. what you described, it's very individual. And mm -hmm. so I'm starting to think about the nature of working with peers and coaching a team and how, like, if you look at some of the early numbers about coming back from work, mm. right, the trust impacted, it's not between the manager and the employees, it's the peers that we're starting to see, like really. And so I, I mean, what say you? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a tough question, right? I, I think in, in general, um, you know, things, things are obviously changing. Right. I, I think, I don't know. Cause I've had, cause I've, I've had some of my friends I've reached out to, it was like, Oh, support me, you know, uh, half of the proceeds are going towards helping orphans in Vietnam and stuff like that. And then they're like, why would I want to redefine masculinity? It's fine the way it is. Right. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, Oh God, you know, so you get those folks out there in the world, not, not to say anything's wrong with it. No, there I, is. This is why I started with that problem statement. Do we have a problem with gender and race in tech sales? Yes or no. If so, what is that problem statement? You need that baseline. And yeah. when there's a lack of awareness on the problem, that is a problem because it means mm. there's no chance, especially if that person is sitting in a leadership seat. Sorry, please continue. Yeah, it, it, it's tough, right? Like, I would say LinkedIn's probably one of the most woke organizations, and and but yeah, is. but even but that's how crazy it is, right? Like, even there, I felt like I didn't belong, and that says a lot because I was the leader of ERG, the Asian ERG. I was a part of, I mean, basically everything at LinkedIn from Toastmasters to the wellness champions, to the social chair stuff. But anyways, and, and that itself wasn't even enough. Like I, I didn't feel the support. I was the only minority account executive out of my organization. And, and our organization was responsible for the learning and the, you know, the, a lot of the DEI stuff. So, so here we are, the people that are like doing, bringing that type of work into organizations and I was the only one, right? So I'm just saying that because we have a long way to go. And like LinkedIn did the best they could, right? Like I, I think, I think that's why Coach Hub is is so powerful because it's it's at the individual level. So it's now I get to each of the 2,000 employees or 100 employees, depending on how many people you have in your company, has that resource, has that help. And I, I just found that to be because it has to start. At, at the individual level, you know, sometimes right. when it's coming from the top down, they're like, oh, well, someone else will take care of it or, or you know, or when it's the training that's forced upon you. I don't know. I, I had trouble even helping my, you know, my white other counterparts to like even attend any of the ERG stuff. Right. Like I was like, hey, you know, I would love it. Like uh, it's a tricky topic because you don't want to force it because then when you force it, then they're not actually they're not there for the right reasons, but I just found myself being really like, I don't know. I, I think you don't know what you don't know. Right. I think if all your friends and your family and everyone, like this is just the life that you're used to, you don't necessarily, not everyone wants to it to change. Like change is scary for people, you know, and to acknowledge that, Hey, maybe I do have privilege. Like even for me to acknowledge that like, I have privilege, right. I worked at LinkedIn. Like I'm, I'm what I've, hated all my life and what I was envious of now I'm essentially there now and I'm like wow like I'm that guy that is too busy to even get back to everyone who reaches out to me now you know like is that the life I want to live you know but but then I look back at it and I see that okay no like I'm doing the right things I'm doing the best I can and I'm not perfect you know but yeah I, I feel like you know even now for me it's hard to reach back out to every single Asian male that's you know going through college that's considering their first career in sales and they just want advice. They're like, Oh, like, should I consider, you know, a career in tech sales? And I still don't even have time to get back to everyone. Right. So I don't know. That, that was a lot I just shared, but <laughs> I don't no, know if that answered there, your question or not. There's a lot in there. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's a taxing nature. It's funny. We, it, there's been a couple of episodes where I talk about how I struggled with the M word, right? Mentorship, because, and when I got into like journaling, like why that is, and there's a bunch of factors, but it tends to be very taxing on the people yeah. that are participating. And it's that taxing nature is um, disproportionately 
applied to those that are trying to give the most, I guess you could say. And same thing yeah. in communities with volunteer work. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, it's very hard when someone has not hit awareness yet. Right. That's, That's like funny. the first step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's there is the no, first. yeah. There, and I would even say the same thing with buyers. Like so many times when we think about like selling and prospecting, it's and like, you know, going through the activity blitzing without taking into account the buyer's journey or when the buyer or buying team has actually gotten to the point where they're like, okay, it's time to, we knew this day was coming. <laughs> Mm. you know, like, let's get to this problem and any energy or effort that's spent up until that moment, mm. um, is, is waste. And I believe that our time and our energy are the two most valuable non-renewable assets that we each have. And so we have to be very careful, um, about yeah. decisions about where to apply them. But I also think that you're, um, you know, leading the charge in that you're creating spaces and conversations and work where awareness yeah. is arrived at. And I think that's yeah. a beautiful thing. But you look like you're going to say something. Oh, yeah. No. And I just wanted to mention something. And it's tough too, right? Because I, I did reach out to some folks that, you know, in the corporate setting that have said some pretty insensitive racial stuff. And, and then they, after they, you know, maybe something triggered them, they'll unfriend me afterwards. And, and, you know, like, it's uncomfortable to have that. Like, you think I like being the person, like, I, I avoid conflict, like it's the plague, right? And I'm in sales. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't it's make funny. any You're sense. You're preaching to the choir on this one. I, uh, yeah, I don't, it's funny. I don't, mm, I don't think I would go one-on-one, -on -one, but if somebody's got a microphone and they're, you know, with misinformation like that one, that's, that's a trigger for me. And I see red and I may or may not get very interesting in and descriptive in comments. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny though, but I have, I have, I don't even know if anybody's in front of me. I've given like so, so little thought I wouldn't even have noticed. And uh, I don't do like Facebook or Insta or any of that shit. Oh, uh, that, that's I, good. Yeah. I don't yeah. have time for it. Although Twitter's that's, that's, that's coming back, man. That's coming back. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, Davidson. So do you have, do you have a hard stop at two 30? Yeah. You, okay. I good. have to go soon. Yeah. All right. So good. So there, there's two questions left. The last one I ask everybody is what one piece of advice about uncomfortable conversations. So that that's the easy one. Uh huh. What's the hardest conversation that you've ever had to have? It's ironically uh, while you're like, I, I, it doesn't have to be sales related, but I'm thinking like while you've been in sales, so oh, buyers, okay. prospects, boss, hiring managers, you know, significant Ooh. other, you know, fill in the blanks. But I want to hear about the hardest one. Yeah. So is actually the race conversation, right? I I and then now I've I've gotten coaching from, you know, some some black colleagues at LinkedIn who are in leadership positions on how I could have approached it more constructively. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I reached out to uh, my skip level. Uh, you know, and this was like kind of early on and I crazy to think that I had the, like the balls to even do it that early on in my career, but I was kind of, I, I, like, it doesn't sound, that's not surprising to me, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was kind of just like, so, you, you know, it's interesting. Like I've gone to like every ERG event and I haven't noticed ever any of our managers attend like any, or any of the, you know, the Caucasian managers attend any of these events. Like, Oh, because what race of conversations don't, doesn't apply to white people, Davidson, come on. <laughs> right. And he was just like thrown back. He was like, wait, what, what? Like, you know, no high, no nothing, just straight, it, like just going straight for it. Wait, and, wait, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So please explain this again. So you went yeah. to your manager or a manager? No, my my manager's manager. <laughs> and I I was kind of just, you know, reflected and like, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, is there going to be like a priority? Because we say this is going to be a priority, but I kind of don't see that happening, you know? And of course, like, you know, you get defensive when that, when that happens. And then I don't know, it was just really uncomfortable for me just cause I was like, but, but I think sometimes someone has to be the one. Yeah. Who, I need more details. So what was uncomfortable about it? Well, I, I just don't like conflict in general. Um, so for me, like any, anytime I perceive anything as conflict, like it scares me. There's the money word right there. The perception of conflict. I, so I don't, right. I didn't hear conflict in that question posed. 
Yeah. Well, his reaction was yeah. like, well, there you not, go. Was not good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, so it, tell me more. Like what you don't have to use names, but like, yeah, what, yeah. what was it about the reaction that made you think that it was not good? Well, I think, you know, anytime people have to like to justify and kind of defend like, oh, no, what do you mean? Um, you know, or, oh, no, it's 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 a it's a priority. Like, I, I swear, you know, or, or something like that. I, I just remember, like, you can tell by someone's reaction yeah. that, like, yeah. it, it's not going well, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it's just like an awkwardness, too. You know, like when we see each other, it's like kind of awkward now. Um, but I think like your boss is boss. I'd like like this is you're the, you're the man. Like this is what masculinity means to me, Davidson. Just so you know. Um, okay, so it was awkward with your boss's boss. Wow. All right, continue. I'm sorry. Please continue. Yeah, yeah, and and um, to your point, I do think some of it is self inflicting, right? Like maybe I overthink it, and maybe it wasn't a big deal. But sometimes you can kind of feel the energy in the room, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can feel that sense of awkwardness. But I would think. of it is still like self-inflicted wounds. Right. So sometimes I think like, oh man, but I don't know. I feel like when I trust my intuition, like you, you, you can usually tell, right. Like if someone, I don't know, it's, it's, especially after time, you know what you should do? You should message this dude or gal and set up a call and Mm -hmm. record, ask them. Yeah. And record it and see, like, get into those perceptions, get into what was this, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens, you know, I should. Yeah, that's a good idea. Isn't that fun? You should do that. Okay. <laughs> last piece. Last one is and then if there's any like, or before I ask the last question, is there anything going on? Let's say turnaround time is like a week, two weeks. Yeah. Anything coming so. up that you other than book number two asshole that uh, <laughs> you like to put on the radar for us? Um, no, just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm releasing a book on ENFP, which is, which is the Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs ENFP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's four of us that are contributing to that. So that should be interesting. And, okay. uh, doing a biography already a memoir jesus christ okay um all right so yeah. piece of advice about uncomfortable conversations for our listeners one piece of advice oh god this yeah i think just go the, always do the thing that's the most uncomfortable because you're thinking about it anyway so why not like get rid of it cross right? it off the list what a beautiful yeah. statement all right, friend, yeah. how can people find you if they want to uh, if they want to hit you up? If, Even you though you don't, you're busy man. and like you know, get back to anybody who's asking for advice. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Just, just Google Davidson Hang. I'm everywhere. So it's, I'm pretty sure it's easy to find me. Okay, perfect. And um, did you have a link for the website or for the book? Oh, yeah. Not the website, not the website, not the Kaizen Coaching, the book. Has yeah, the yeah book. I'll send it to you. All right, good. So everything will be in the show notes, listeners. Ah, Davidson, thank you. Thank you for being such a bright light in my life, especially at the beginning of, of, you know, my journey, let's say of getting back on track. Thank you for introducing me to Laura. Thank you for setting an example and acting and doing in ways that most people just talk about or critique, regardless of whether or not you get unfriended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. And thanks for coming on the show. Amy. To our listeners, I appreciate the time that you've invested with us today, too. Once again, very interested friends and thoughts, questions, comments about the episode that I'd love to bring um, on the air for everyone. The number is 646-470-0248. Just give us a ring and, and leave a voicemail with anything you damn well want. Truth, love, and joy, friends, and happy selling. Man, that was heavy, but necessary, you know, important, important stuff being thrown around. Virtues that we as humans can build a sturdy foundation on. I heard words like trust. I heard words like action. I heard words like consistency. And uh, I think this is important, but I, I also live in the real world, right? Where I trust that the action Amy didn't take was to consistently feed the dog. 
or file her legal disclaimer paperwork from all the unnecessary risks she takes on a weekly basis. Karen is going to be pissed. Karen! All right, friends. The only way this works as a hotline is if we find some people to come play. Anybody who's interested or brave enough or desperate enough, because let's be serious, that's where it's at. Everything you need to know is in the show notes. Yeah, call, absolutely. Call in. Don't have enough to do? You want a couple of books to read? Maybe we can boss you around for a couple hours? Yeah, please. By all means, call. If you like what you're hearing or are excited for this shit show and where it's going to go, definitely follow us on whatever podcast device is your preference, even though I, I seriously have a hard time identifying with anything non-Spotify, but you know, I guess I'll come to terms with that. If you find any value in things that we're talking about, do tell a friend. I consider that the highest honor. Of course, there's always the public review of any kind, although part of me thinks that I should not ask that until we're out of beta. Just a note for sponsors from Karen and Pete down in Legal, we are anxious to receive your call. And if you are looking to help or join the cause or create change in a positive way, please reach out to anyone but me because I have enough to do. And Amy will definitely be interested in taking your money to help more people, which is what we do here. You know, stuff, legal stuff. You know, it's pretty crazy. I still can't believe people listen to shit I say. Yeah, like there, there's certainly a kernel of truth somewhere in there, but you know, it's, it's just, it's wrapped up in a story. Order the dog food, Amy. Order it. Chewy.com. Possible sponsor. Lola, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. Here, take some pets. Come, come sit up on my lap. I don't know about you listeners, but I enjoy my podcast on Stitcher. I mean, I don't have a premium account because I'm holding out for sponsorship. Hey, Stitcher, looking at you. Also, I believe we mentioned Chewy, so there will be a link to them in the show notes, even though we are not sponsored by them, and I bought my dog food at Target this week because it was on sale and I saved on shipping. All right, friends. Thank you for listening to the conversation. For more ridiculousness, check out the extended cut of the outro. And that's a wrap. I can't. I can't. I can't. So... This is Pete, your disclaimer specialist, coming to you at the super secret disclaimer portion of the show because this is a pod about transparency and difficult conversations. And with everyone being so open and honest, um, I must be. So here goes. Um, as the outroer to the outroe, I'm sorry. I apologize. You know, I, I misled you intentionally. As your attorney, I must confess that I am not a fucking attorney. Um, I have not passed the bar exam in the state in which I live. I uh, have never represented anyone well in anything, let alone in a court of law. Um, But again, these are difficult conversations that Amy's having with with her guests, and, and I lied. And I should tell you that. I should be open and honest because, you know, we have been. So... We can all be better. We can all do better together. And now I'm just rambling at this point. It's just, who cares? It's an outro, right? Like this is just going to fade into blackness like the Mars rover. Maybe a little bit less sad. That was fucking sad. Oh, let's not be that sad. Come on, guys. We can do better.